Hi everyone, welcome back to another great podcast of ours. Ben, today you're looking wonderful, I'm loving the Scandinavian vibes. Love this it, Dan. palette of yours is great. Thank you, Dan. Do you mean that? Yeah, honestly. Thanks, mate. I like the colour palette. Uh, on today's podcast, we had our good friend James Frelfill, MBE, and he is the first person on the podcast we've ever had who has been on twice with us now, even though this is a different podcast. That confuses things a little bit. However, he was a really good guest. Dan, what did we speak about? Uh, we, oh, we really spoke about quite a lot, didn't we, Benji? We went from his childhood... <coughs> Stella, will you be... Uh, Stella here Stella There's a dog in the studio What's going on Uh, We spoke about all sorts From James going to the Euro final Not long ago um, in Wembley To his childhood thievery Although I'm not too sure he'll want to talk about that And throwing apples at at mopeds as well Yeah Um, All that James is on the outside Is different to what he's like on the inside And that is what we found out about On this podcast Um, We've brought new questions to the podcast as well so yeah looking forward to sharing it with you thank you i used to watch football back in the day like years ago who's your favourite yeah. what, what I still watch football but like from like when Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank was not nah no. no did you yeah you oh, I didn't know you were that into football that era no one really does into, yeah. no. no one knew Dan was into was football really back then. do you still era. do you still follow football nah not so much now just, just historic just historic football. historic teams yeah just back when Newcastle football. wore black and white stripes and oh, Alan Turing yeah. played for them yeah that's good old days that's bold guy right that was that was to be fair I didn't follow Newcastle can I just say we were having this conversation the other day like, don't you think a flake is like a really annoying version of a twirl? Because a twirl has a chocolate around it to like contain the flake. Because a flake doesn't. Because a flake just goes wild. Mm. Mm. Take it out and it's like falling apart immediately. I don't get why they do that. What about a Galaxy Ripple though? Huh? Galaxy Ripple? I thought you said Galaxy Red Bull. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Um, yeah. I'm down with Galaxy Ripple. I used to nick those when I shoplifted when I was a kid. You shoplifted? Well, like once or twice. I d- dude, I did, I did once again. What did you shoplift? We're, pro- we're not. Are we... are we rolling yet? Yeah, we are rolling. <laughs> we're okay, rolling. Great. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. So for you know disclaimer, I was about seven. Um, and so I don't know that I want to go on record, but this is the opener for the. Is this before or after you we, we went to church and gave the money to charity? Um, yeah. In between uh, those two things. In between. Yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, no. Do you remember Lego Bionicles? Yes, they were sick. Yeah, my parents wouldn't get me one. Why? <laughs> this is how it started. This is how it started, right? <laughs> this is on Sue and Phil. Um, they wouldn't get me a Lego Bionicle. My mate Jack had loads of Lego Bionicles, and I was fuming. Fuck Jack. Yeah, right. Right. Um, and we went to Woolworths, and I saw one, and I like slipped it under my jumper, and uh, yeah, then I was like, kind of walking. I don't know how this wasn't suspect as hell, right? Because they were like, I remember that it was like a big tube thing, and I somehow had it up my jumper. Um, and then we got. I, I didn't realise. I thought we were going to go home, but my mum, as we got to the car park, it was always like I could see the family car. And then my mum was like, "We're going in to get your hair cut." And I was like, "Oh, it was like the hair." I remember the hairdressers on the corner car park there, and um, go in. And uh, she's like, right, we need to take your jumper off for your haircut. And I'm like, no, oh, I'm no. not getting out of this, am I? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. 
and it was literally it was like nowhere to hide, man. It was like jumper comes off, I'm just like Lego, <laughs> and I'm like seven years old, like damn it, man. Um, and yes, yeah, so she took me back to Woolworths. Was she fuming? Oh, she was fuming. And I was like, first thing I said, my dad when we were younger, like terrified my dad, and now I'm like crying, memory. Um, my dad is like he's so mellow now. It's so funny. But when we were younger, it's like you know, if dad's mad at you. It's like war, yeah. and um, yeah. I was like, don't tell dad, don't tell dad. What she did, she tells dad. So there we go. <laughs> so never, never took another Lego Bionicle, did I? It's funny that you remember those stories as kids where you get in deep shit with the parents. Because I remember, mm. I remember I came back from shopping and my mum and dad, that story for some reason reminded me of it. No, just my mum. And we're in the, we're on the front drive and there's like, there's obviously a road next to the drive. And we had a gravel driveway. And I'm literally just bored throwing stones into the road, like <laughs> quite hard. And then obviously like a car drives past and I throw a stone at the windscreen and it breaks the windscreen. Wow. No. And I'm like eight and obviously the driver gets out of his car, has a massive go at my mum. And then like they take Like me. smashed the windscreen, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, not just cracked it. No, no, like smashed it. Well, not, like, well pro- you're strong. It had, Benji, it had strong, to be right? it had to be replaced, basically. But yeah. I was young. Because obviously the cars go at like thirty you know, miles an most, hour. Most auto glass uh, callouts are free anyway. Yeah, because so I yeah. I don't think for a free, I don't think it's free if you need a whole new windscreen. It's funny you say that because the guy's windscreen I broke went on to start that company. <laughs> no, he didn't. <laughs> no, he didn't. No. Of course not. <laughs> Dude, I was almost there for a minute. I was Come almost on, there. Dad. It's funny that was the uh, impetus for the start of. <laughs> I, remember, I remember my dad coming back from work that night, and I know I, I knew when he got home he was going to tell me off because oh, obviously no. Mum's obviously phoned him, and I remember he was telling me off. And he's like, "Why would you do it? Why would you throw stones into a road?" And I remember yeah. just saying, "I don't know, Dad." <laughs> Yeah. I had no answer. Dude, I had a similar one, like where my house used to be in Melton. This is a really bad start to a podcast, right? It's like, if anyone doesn't know me, it's like, here's all the crimes we did as children. Um, but like, yeah, our house used to back onto the bypass in Melton. And we had an apple tree. And I guess just like super bored one day. And I was just chucking apples into the main road, which obviously don't do. Like, you know, why are you doing that? <laughs> Better than stones. Mate, one of them, though, like, you know, you have that moment, like, you broke the windscreen, you're like, I'm never doing that again. Mm. Um, I had a moment where I heard something coming, wung an apple. <laughs> it's not a car, is it? It's a guy on a moped. Oh, <laughs> and I clock him straight in the head. <laughs> straight in the head. And he was like, and I was like oh my god like even dude even as like even as probably six years old at this point I'm like that wasn't cool man like I'm going back inside we're not throwing apples anymore um so yeah luckily that guy survived dude luckily but oh my god I'm like that yeah. gives more meaning to the, to the phrase an apple a day gives the doctor away doesn't it <laughs> That's yeah. pretty bad. It's funny that you had to take yourself in. You just oh, grab man. your own arm. Come on. Yeah, I was like, all right. <laughs> James, you've gone too far. I've had like so many moments in my life. Did you get caught I'm for like, that? No, no, no. No, because yeah, like, it wasn't like he crashed or anything. But like, imagine if he had. And I, like in my mind, even as six, like probably like six years old, I was like, if he'd crashed, that would have been really bad. And I'm like, I'm, uh, I'm probably going to leave throwing apples at people now. Like, <laughs> There's probably a guy listening right now who's in his mid-40s. Yeah. He's like, that's the best. That was you. <laughs> that was you. Yeah, I do. I just remember like, because I'm terrible at like tennis, like hand-eye coordination is not my bag. But Sod's Law, like the moment a moped comes past, I like crack it off his head. Like, <laughs> Doesn't hear his leg, doesn't hear anything else. It's boof, like side of the head. And he's probably going like 30, 40 mile an hour. And I've like managed to time it perfectly to get him like bang. Probably up. the hardest fruit you could get a hold of as well. 
Probably. Yeah. yeah. What fruit Probably would you want thrown at you? <laughs> what what fruit wouldn't you want thrown at you? A watermelon. Pineapple. Yeah, I was going to say pineapple. It's like spiky as well. Yeah. yeah. So Have you seen those videos on? Do you, are you on TikTok, James? At all? Do you, do you watch it? Do you enjoy it? I'm trying. Are you a man of meme culture? I like memes. I don't really like TikTok. Yeah. I haven't found my place on TikTok yet. How many hours have you spent on the app? Probably two. Right. You need to spend at least 20 hours for the algorithm to get yeah, up to you speed. You need to be really yeah. invest in it, mate. I don't know, though, because like, a lot of stuff that I see shared from TikTok, I, I don't know. Look, do you want to waste your life and be addicted to memes or not? You yes. Know? Yeah. Well, there you Coach go. Coach me. Show me the <laughs> way. You need to you encourage yourself. But they had like one of the really funny things about TikTok I find is that there's like life hacks that no one's ever realized. Like yeah. there's something in your dishwasher you didn't know exist. And then people are like, oh, my God, do I have that? And they go and check. And they're like, fuck me. My dishwasher does that. I had no idea. <laughs> people in their 40s. Right. But there's one with a pineapple where they like pull the top off and then like roll it like a rolling pin. Yeah. And then, you know, the spikes on the, on the pineapple. Yeah. You can pull them out. As like oh, you it, have them as like individual individual like pineapple lollies. What? And what? That, and that's how you're supposed to eat it. Whereas I don't we, think. We, yeah, but you say that's how you're supposed. Like that's like it was like a brand. The brand of pineapple decided. Yeah. But but like it's how the fruit is made. Like w- once you see it, you think. Yeah, but oh. I don't think they thought like oh like animals or whatever have rolling pins. So no, but you roll pull- it like a rolling pin. Oh, to, you roll it like a rolling to, pin to loosen it. Okay. To loosen the spikes. And then just, and then the have spikes. you tried it yourself? I haven't, but a lot of people on TikTok have. You know. Have we got any pineapples? We, yeah, well, Josh, can you go out and get one? It's all right. Thanks, mate. Quick what about eating kiwis? How do you eat a kiwi? I don't like kiwis. But if you was to eat one, how would you eat it? I wouldn't. Amber always tries to give me kiwis, and I say, no, babe, you know I don't like kiwis. I think, um... Do you just eat it like an apple? No. Some people do, you see. Well, know. they eat the skin. I don't know, yeah. maybe, maybe. I've tried that, and it's really weird, because the fibres go all over your, your tongue. Isn't it hairy? Yeah. <laughs> Very I'd, pro- I'd probably peel it. I think the only time I've eaten... Pe- peel it? I like a potato peeler? I don't know. Not Maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> don't you maybe, I'd, maybe I'd quarter it and then just eat it like that, like a, like yeah. an orange. They do look yeah. like large testicles, though, don't they, kiwis? Yeah, mm. they're quite close Yeah, quite close to testicles. Mm. Yes. I'm glad we've gone green already. Green insides. How long have we been on? Um, uh, five minutes. Beautiful. Yeah. We've well, covered, we've covered childhood crimes and... Pineapples. Yeah. <laughs> Genitalia-esque. Fruit. We spoke earlier about Woolworths. You went into Woolworths to get your yeah. logo. Um, <laughs> any other high street shops that you're really fond of that you kind of miss? Oh. <laughs> I mean, Halfords used to be a great high street shop. Halfords is, one still, Halfords Halfords is still, still going. Exists. But on the high street, see, they've usually got their own units now. But back in the day, like Siren Halfords Sester, was on the it was, high street? Yeah, in Siren Sester, yeah, it's gone now. Was that just the siren fester thing? You right? sound so upset about it. <laughs> I've wanted to talk about this for a long time. <laughs> now I mean, I'm on the platform. No. <laughs> um, nah, I feel, well, obviously HMV has been, yeah. but I thought HMV was gone. But still then I was in Bath the yeah. other week and they're still there. But I feel like HMV, I, like, I feel like there was a time where you needed to go and buy, see, well, there was a time, I don't feel like, there was a time where to get your music, you had to go and physically buy the CD and I think that was quite cool. You are definitely a HMV kind of guy. Mm, Would you say you are? Uh, nah. No, nah, I wouldn't say. LimeWire. No? Yeah. LimeWire. Yeah. <laughs> I remember I bought my first album was um, a Red Hot Chili Peppers album, but it wasn't a good one. Ooh. I thought was it, it not? I thought it was going to be the Californication one, mm. but it wasn't. It was like stadi- st- Stadium Arcadium. Yeah. And I didn't really like any of the songs. No, nah. And so now when people say, yeah. what was the first album you bought? It just brings back bad memories of yeah. wasting a tenner. Yeah. Well, I've got two stories. Ooh. Two stories of that. Yeah. So... First CD I went to buy, same Woolworths that I'd 
stolen the Bionicle from. Um, they let you back in, did they? <laughs> back in. Oh, yeah. So actually, the, the moral of the story is my mum ended up buying me the Bionicle. She was just like, so I won. So there we go. So, Stealing pays. Yeah, yeah, this is it. This is it. If, if you're trying to teach me a lesson, I got the Bionicle. Um, and I wasn't getting it before I stole it. So there we go. Um, but no, I went in there. There's, um, there's a song. Can, can we do the whole, Jamie, get that clip up. There's yeah. a song called Sal Sol Nugget by M and S presents the girl next door trans it's s a l s o u l there we go if you want it song by the girl next door so it's MS presents the girl next door are we, right are we gonna get sound where's the sound gonna come through probably through the laptop through the laptop oh yeah you guys aren't i'm if, gonna know if you put your ear to that i think you can hear it here we go we've got Oh, here we go, here we go. We've got TV speaker coming out. Oh, nice, Joss. This, this is, is very technical. We need to get ad blocker, though. So skip through a little bit. Oh, no, in fact, you... Here we go. Do you remember this song? Yeah, yeah right. Tune, yeah. So this is by M&S Presents the Girl Next Door, right? Marks and so Spencers. I, well, it's not Marks and Spencers, but I went into Woolworths. Like, first time, like, my brother's always bought CDs. I'm like, I'm going to go and buy myself a CD. I've heard this on, like, I think it was GWR back then. Um, I was like, I want to I wanna go buy this CD. And I go up to the guy. And I'm like, oh, can you help me? I'm, like, trying to find CDs. He's like, yeah, what, what are you looking for? And I was like, oh, that song by M&S. And he's like, good one. Because <laughs> I'm in Woolworths and I'm asking for a CD by M&S. And I'm like, no, 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 really, it's on the radio at the moment. He's like... Yeah, have a good day. And I just lose it. I'm like, again, I'm like probably like eight or nine at this point. And I'm like, great, thanks, man. So I didn't get the CD. So I never got it. Never got it. Never got that CD. Never got it. But on a similar vibe to you getting the wrong album, um, I was like desperate. Remember that S Club 7 album that was wild? Again, I think I think I was probably about seven again. There was a lot going on in my life. You're very into point. pop then, as a I kid. Was very into pop, very into Lego. Like it was going and off. stealing and stealing <laughs> the and, perfect and, combo and launching apples <laughs> yeah. at people on mopeds. Um, but yeah, like <laughs> my parents, I really wanted S Club Seven's album for Christmas, and I'm like, you know, get get down to my presents, and there is the CD shaped present, and I'm like, come on. Here we go. Let's go, Rachel Stevens. Um, and I open it up, and what is it? Steps. Oh. Yeah, right. They've gone and the I wrong was, way there. I was livid. I put it on, and I was like, Steps. I was like, I don't want to listen to any of this. And I was like, <laughs> Did you say that? Oh, my God. I, was I like gave it a go, and I was like, this is disgusting. <laughs> this is disgusting. That's so you've enough. got it all wrong. <laughs> and I think I went out and bought it. That was it after. I was like, Quite yeah. an independent kid then. Yeah, very. Yeah. Did you return very. the Steps CD or did your mum keep uh, it? No, I think I kept it. I think I kept it, but never played it. Just kept it there as like a reminder to my mum, like, don't get, don't get me the wrong CD again. Do you remember that time you ruined Christmas for me, mum? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so funny because I was like so devastated at the time. I don't think, yeah, I don't think it was that brutal. I love that. I love that vine of the kid who gets an avocado for Christmas. Yeah. He's like, avocado! <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> yeah, no steps. Like there was no hiding that. I was like, this is the polar opposite of what I wanted right yeah. now. This isn't even just slightly off. Like, oh yeah, cool. It's you know, I don't know some other group that I like. It's like this is a group that I really don't like, 
And it, yeah, it's all, it was almost like expecting us to bring out this S Club 7 CD, thought, like, way. And it was like, oh no, I just thought you wanted steps. And we're like, jeez, well, thanks. Some parents. I think my first CD. Some parents. Uh, <laughs> I think my first CD was actually Peter Andre, Mysterious Girl. Oh my God. Was it? Yeah. That doesn't like surprise that me with you. Uh, that, and then I remember we went on holiday and we were in Gatwick Airport and <laughs> I had a had a um one of those you know portable cd players yeah and i convinced my parents that i needed the m&m curtain close uh cd album you know the red curtains yeah yeah uh put that in the cd Uh, i was kind of taken back by how much swearing was in it (laughs) and i think some of my parents and i think they returned it in the same airport after like (laughs) no way no yeah oh my gosh it was so bad did they hear it yeah because they were like oh yes have a little listen then (laughs) have a little listen then oh my god first few tracks are quite quite beefy and um yeah. yeah i've not listened to it since peter andre though Legend. Peter Andre is a legend. Yeah. He's such a what great a body as well. Yeah. I think Talking he's still of great bodies. Great, um, how about Ronaldo? Yeah. I think it's very exciting, isn't it? Manchester United. Mm. Almost Man City. Oh. Were rumours of Spurs at one point, but... Um, so that's from Spurs fans, though, wasn't uh, it? Yeah, no. No, there were no rumours of Spurs. Right. Are you a Spurs fan? I'm a Spurs fan. That makes yeah, sense. Um, yeah, it never happened, did it? But hey, hey, whatever. Whatever. He couldn't have gone City, though, really, could he? No. Of course not. I don't think. I don't know that I was ever on. I don't know that I was ever on. But. Well, I guess they had the money for it, didn't they? But then again, of course, they have the money for everyone. Mm. Yeah, could buy us if they wanted. Speaking not of gonna. speaking of football, yeah, four three three. Yes. Oh, we actually gonna, we're actually going to talk about yeah this <laughs> your, stuff. your career, yeah, yeah. this stuff. Um, yeah, no, it's cool. Um, man, yeah, that was such a weird one. Such a weird one. How did it present itself? The the opportunity. So, Literally, so I knew I knew of four three three like as a football fan. Like I'd say I'm, I'm I'm like a fairly casual football fan. I'm not like someone that you know gets really into like the punditry or anything. You know, mm-hmm. like the technicalities of the game. I just really enjoy watching football. Um, and like I knew of four three three because they're massive. Yeah. And a friend of mine saw that they were looking for a new host, and I was like, eh, like I don't know. Because of all of this, like, you know, I'm a very, like, casual football fan. I don't know that that's me because if they want me, like, you know, hosting things where I'm getting, like, you know, analysing games and stuff, I'm like, I'm probably not that guy. Um, and then I looked I looked at the whole kind of application criteria and it was like, yeah, it's just saying, oh, you know, we want to bring the fun, entertaining side to football. And I was like, maybe, like, maybe this is me. Maybe this is me. But, like, they have... They have like 41 million followers now, over 41 yeah. million. And it's like growing ridiculously. Like when I, I think it was 37 million when I was sent the thing to apply. And that's not that oh, long wow. ago. Like it's grown that much in that, in that small amount of time. Um, and I just, I literally, I was looking through it. And again, like still didn't really feel like, I was like, okay, it's more my bag. But I'm like, they've got millions of followers. Like the amount of people that are going to go for this that are like, real like real die hard foot like i'm probably not gonna get it but i've got everything to apply like i wanted like a a bit of a demo of you presenting and stuff and i was like cool okay like i I can just smash it together i'll send it in like it's all good um did it and then had an email saying i've made like the final eight and i was like oh my god like i don't know how many people have like you know gone for this but final eight yeah (laughs) yeah yeah, literally (laughs) i guess we'll take you through like (laughs) you know um and yeah, then they wanted us. They wanted us to do something like a video to the fans and just saying about who we are and stuff. And I was like, cool. Again, like I'm not going to pretend I'm like some football like genius. Like mm-hmm. I'm just again going to convey like you know that I just love watching football. Like I really enjoy football. So I went down 
to like local sports bar that we have in devices and like got James and Trish who, who run the bar like in the video and I was like voiced it over afterwards I was like this is James and Trish and then cut to a shot of them like just waving at the bar and so, just like fun stuff where I was just like cool like this is who I am and if it doesn't work then you know at least I know like I applied with kind of like you know it was real I authentic yeah. yeah like you know because I was like I could try and do something else but then actually it's not really me and it does, yeah. you know if it, yeah it's never going to work if I end up getting the job based on a video I managed to put together that wasn't me then yeah. when they want me to do more it's not going to work out um and then I got an email saying yeah you've made final four and I was like oh my god okay cool um and they were like all right we want you to do it was the Europa League final um they were like, we want you to do like a takeover from home of it and stuff and just did did the takeover and again like once again I was like don't really know what they want from this takeover so I'm just going to take my own approach to it and um yeah got a mate over and we did some like challenges we got some drinks in like went to it was Man United versus VRL and like went to the supermarket we pulled uh, teams out of a hat I was getting English beer beer because I was Man United my mate was getting Spanish beer because he was Villarreal like you know and it was just stuff like that and then just fun just tried to make it fun because yeah. I was just like, again, this is my, this is what it's like for me as a, as a football fan. It's that side of things. And then like Nico, who was over, like shouts to Nico because he was actually, he was the one who'd sent me the job in the first place. So he's buzzing because he was like, oh my God, like, I've sent you this and you're into the final four. Um, and he like bought some, in fact, no, I, I think I was, was I VRL? Yeah, I was VRL. So I'd got some nice beer. He'd ended up getting some like carling and stuff. And then he got himself a, a sausage and mash ready meal, puts it in the oven and we got it out and we'd had the oven up too high and it was black. But he was like, oh man, like my food's like ruined. But it just like made for the best context. It was so funny because at half time we're going to go get our food out of the oven and his is black oh, and no. he's like trying to pull it apart. <laughs> and the guys loved it. The 433 guys thought it was hilarious. And it was like... It just worked out really well. And then they came back and they were like, yeah, had a call. And they were just like, yeah, we want, want you to, to do stuff. Were you but surprised then that you... Kind of, because I was like, surely, like, not. Like, it's it, I just... It, like, like I say, I've, I mean, I've said it a thousand times, but it just felt like... I don't, I'd never seen myself working in football because I think you mm. just think, oh, like, you know... You've you got need to be mad about football. Yeah, for yeah. well, yeah, because like obviously doing skate commentary and stuff, I know how much I need to know. And how much me skating for the past 16 years or whatever contributes to me commentating on skating. And you can hear when people that don't know what they're talking about commentate on skating. It's it's you you can hear it in a heartbeat. Mm. And I'm like, you know, for me as a as a football fan, I've never played football to a high level. Like I, I take football out when I skate, actually. I like have a kickabout at the end of basically every skate, which is always like always fun. But I'm like... Haven't played for a team since I was about seven and stealing Lego. Um, like, you know, it, I, I just, I just, I guess I just never saw it as something that was going to be on the horizon in my, in my career. Yeah. Were they all, um, they weren't all British report, uh, presenters, were they? Were they no, it was all over all the world. Europe as well. Well. So like, you were, you, were you the only guy from the UK who applied for that? Or in I the don't know. I was, was no, I wasn't. I was the only, because there was another guy from the UK in the oh, final okay. way. Um, but yeah, final four, I was the only British guy. And do um, you think down to the stuff you've done in the past has held, you know, helped you get this position now that you're in mm. with them? hundred percent, man. hundred percent. I think it's even like, often it's like really, it can be kind of like almost subconscious. Like mm-hmm. it's not, it's not like, aha, I've like learned this, like tick, tick, tick. Yeah. It was like, um, the other week I was out in Estonia 
doing some TV broadcasting. And with COVID, it's the first time I've been. I mean, I've been doing like BBC radio like throughout throughout the pandemic. That's been fine, but obviously events and stuff where I was doing TV stuff, that has all that had all stopped. So for like eighteen months, I hadn't done hadn't really done anything TV wise. Yeah. And um, I did a broadcast for Red Bull which was like, I was thrown fully in at the deep end, which is great. Like sometimes you just got to do this stuff, man. Like, you know, there's so few opportunities that come up. Someone says, I'm going to give you this opportunity. You've got to take it. Yeah. But yeah, guy I knew who was working for Red Bull looking after their TV stuff. He was like, there's a sports broadcast. We want you to be the main host of it. Wow. Um, and this is before I'd done <clears throat> much with BBC Radio Wiltshire. And um, so didn't have a huge amount of live experience. I've done a lot of pre-recorded stuff. But I'd never had like a producer in my ear before. And it was like a bit of a baptism of fire. And like just in rehearsals, it was like, like first rehearsals, to be fair, like didn't go that well. And I was kind of just dropping the ball a little bit. And I was getting frustrated with myself because I was like, I know I can do this. Mm-hmm. And did manage to just pull it together because it was like sink or swim. It's like, if you don't pull this off, like this broadcast isn't happening. And then we did the broadcast and it was like, there are a few tech issues, but like got through it, like done. Um but that was kind of like, I guess, a slightly a slightly more like stressful experience, like I say, a bit of a baptism of fire. And then I was kind of nervous because I was like, I haven't done any TV stuff. And it was like a few weeks ago out in Estonia. Yeah. It was like, we want you to be main host of Skate and BMX. So it's two two-hour broadcasts. And um, yeah, it was quite a lot. Like they do this whole like pre-show thing. And like, you know, you, I guess you don't think about it when you watch like football and stuff on TV. But as the host, like you are throwing to interviews left right and center and it's like you're having to like maintain conversation but you've got producer in your ear being like okay cool we've got this interview ready or the interview we're expecting actually maybe that's not ready so we need you to fill for another bit like you know and then it's like okay cue this vt so it's going out into the city with one of the hosts or whatever you have all this stuff going on there's all these moving parts like when you do a show like that it it, it flies but I was slightly nervous coming into that because I was like I know last time I did this like l- the rehearsals weren't great and it mm-hmm. was like you know flying by the seat of my pants a little bit and then got into rehearsals this time and it was just like bang start start to finish done and it was like you just long story short i think it's just through then doing through having done loads of live radio through especially the pandemic like picking up being on air like 12 hours a week and just not that there's a producer constantly in my ear but there might be little things where it's like you're in an interview and it's like okay like need to wrap this up or whatever or you know can you ask this can you take this in a slightly different direction and it's just when you're just focusing on that stuff and you're also focusing on like timing as well so you might be chatting to someone and you're like okay i know i've got like a minute and a half left before i need to wrap this up kind of thing it's a lot to project manage real time isn't it man 100 percent. yeah but you, it just becomes innate but i think it's like i say it's like it's not like you're ticking that stuff off but i think just when you've got experience of being on air and you know how to juggle things so the other night for example like i was mid-link and it's stuff you you don't as a listener necessarily hear but i realized we had the wrong bit of audio cued in a show so we had um and this was my fault but we had like a song where it's a feature we do on bbc introducing where like you're a showcase artist and we mix a song so it has a bit of audio of the artist like talking up the tune and then it like it'll have the instrumental underneath and then the song will drop, like the vocals will drop at the end and it goes into the song. But what I'd managed to accidentally load was just the song. And I was like about to be saying, oh yeah, cool, this person's going to be talking about like this song, like, you know, and throw into that bit of audio. Realised we just had the song in, 
but I was coming out of a song and about to speak and I'd realized with like five seconds to go on the song. So I've got my bullet points in front of me. So I come out of that song, fire the bed, and then I'm having to go to this computer over here. And whilst I'm talking, drag the right audio in. But I've also got bullet points in front of me because I'm, I've like... It was a show menu. So we're saying, okay, we've got like our spotlight artists, we've got our introducing mix and you're bigging up each thing to like essentially sell to the person listening. Like, you know, this is what's coming up. This is why you should stick with us for the show. And so I'm having to keep glancing back over. But whilst I'm like typing in as quietly as possible, dragging it into the running order and then having to tab down to, to get to that audio on the screen. It's just stuff like that, man. Like, and, and I said to like Rue, who produces my show. Yeah she was doing introducing this week and I said uh, yeah said to her after I was like because she hadn't even realised anything was happening and I was like but that's that's good because it's like once upon a time I would have like you know if, I, if that was my first or second show or whatever I'd have just been like no uh, like okay and it would have sounded terrible but it was like just kind of managing to go okay I kind of know what I need to do at this moment in time to get that to work and I've just got to like you're just thinking you just you just get so used to juggling things in your mind and it's like when a producer's talking to you in your ear in a broadcast at first that's weird as hell yeah. but then it was like yeah going to that broadcast this time it was like like the live broadcast there was a point like we were chatting away and the producer's going my ear cool we've got the interview ready and I'm almost about to go to it and she's like interview's not there interview's not there no way. and so I'm like Call, ask another question and it's like I don't know we're gonna if we're gonna have the interview so we might have to go to this VT and then it was like okay we've got someone else in for the interview go to the interview and it's like that's what's going on in your mind the whole time are you given like a list of questions so when you're interviewing this person yeah. you're asking them questions in your head are you going from a sheet or are you going in your head no so, so, ge- like, so generally um because you'll know what VTs are, are, are there. So like VTs, like, yeah, basically just inserts of, of pre-recorded stuff. Um, and you'll know what that kind of stuff is. And you almost want to try and segue into that a little bit. So like we were in Tallinn and, you know, say you've got like a bit of, you know, a, a VT of Tallinn coming up where you've got some of the riders out there. And you might want to ask some questions that maybe lead into that, like, you know, saying, OK, it's not just the contest. It's like, you know, Tallinn's an amazing place. Like, what is it you love about Tallinn or whatever? Yeah. Like, you know, maybe talk to us about about being in Tallinn and stuff like that. You kind of have that conversation. Um, but yeah, you ge- like generally it's quite loose. So like the per- the person that's with me um, or was with me at that point is like, yeah, just the guy who was going to be doing skate commentary with me. Um, so yeah, he knows, he knows what he's doing. And it's That's basically right. like someone like that, you ask a question and you know, you like, you know, you sometimes do interviews with, with Joe public and it can be a little bit harder because they haven't necessarily done stuff before. And you might yeah. be like, just tell us about talent. Uh, I really like it. It's great. <laughs> I really like talent. It's like, and you're like, right, okay. What is it that you like? I like trying yeah. to, but you throw to someone like that and it's like, tell us a little bit about talent. Oh, I love coming to talent, been here for so many years. Like, yeah. it's the atmosphere, it's the people. It's a, and you know, and that's a really good chance then for you to just get cues from your producer yeah, in your ear. Because yeah. that's, you know, a good producer, obviously. I mean, it's, it's we'll kind of basics. It's basics, but it's like, you know, sometimes a producer will have to talk to you when you're talking, but often will, like, you know, try and wait until if they can until someone else is chatting but sometimes you'll be talking and they'll be they'll like might know that you're about to go to another question they're like we need to go like need to go to this and it's like so you're like getting ready and you're like and we're gonna go to this now <laughs> it's like yeah it can be a bit like that have you found it's made you really good at like 
appearing to the missus or friends that you're listening when you're in fact not <laughs> <laughs> no seven, seems to Real never life. get seems to never get better at that yeah um, yeah never never seems to work like rosie does it to me all the time though like she's just like i'll be talking to her and she just starts staring into the distance and i'm like oh my god like, i've lost it lost great I, we went for a drink the other night and i was talking about something i got like quite passionately into chatting about something and <laughs> it's so funny man i like i must have sounded like i was almost about to wrap up <laughs> And then I went on to another thing and she literally, she was sat there with her drink and she went, (laughs) (laughs) savage. And I was like, are you kidding? And then she tried to pretend she was like dancing to the music. And I was like, nah. I was like, there's no coming back from that. I was like, cool, I'll go to the loo. (laughs) So with with 433, do you have full access to their Instagram now or is it all pre- No. How does that work? Yeah, so, so we... 433 are based in Amsterdam mm-hmm. so I'm the only guy that's based here in the UK I think um, but yeah I send I send the stuff to them I send the content to them rather than posting and WhatsApp or myself. Uh, Telegram because it doesn't uh, compress the quality yeah. so WhatsApp you send stuff in it yeah crushes it right down but Telegram sends in full yeah full res which well, is really cool that is pretty cool and when you were fil- so you went to the Euros final you went to quite a few games at Wembley right yeah so I was the guy that was at Wembley and you were yeah. you, know, you know filming people in the crowds and stuff like that were you recording quite a few takes before you sent it over or were you yeah. quite time pressured where you were like get it done send it you know so well no you kind of do it is quite quick fire and like some stuff some stuff you might try and get a few takes but other stuff you're literally like you're running around trying to capture like natural moments and you know it's trying to set up as little as possible so sometimes you're doing like links and you've got to say like you know do the segues of like right heading in from outside into the stadium and you might do like a little little link about the stadium or something like that and that that you might give a few few cracks at but generally it's fairly quick fire because it's you know you might see some fans are like you know getting well into a chant or whatever and you can't go over and be like could you just start that again like you Mm. you've just got to run and like try and catch capture that moment so yeah the amount of steps i was putting in just walking up and down around like wembley just during the day just going literally just popping up in places i'd already been but just constantly on like a loop just looking for things looking for people you might see some fans that are dressed up looking kind of funny or whatever or you know you've seen loads of england fans but you haven't seen any denmark fans and all of a sudden you see like a a Danish family and you're like I need to grab you now because like you know we've got you, get in the van you are yeah, yeah exactly is everyone you were, willing to be filmed as well were there anyone who's generally generally no like so, some people some people are like just you know no one unfriendly but some people just oh, it's just Don't not really my thing or yeah. whatever and there were people that knew 433 and they're like oh no way and they're like Oh, I'm a bit nervous. I'm sorry, Ike. I don't. And you'd be like, sure, it's a big like, following. Yeah, to yeah, out to yeah, that yeah for people. sure, for sure. It's so funny, man. Like there was such a mixture of people that didn't like four three three is massive in Europe. You know, like Bundesliga, La Liga, and stuff like that. And it's big, it's big in the Premier League. But I think it's it's something that's definitely growing. And so it's a really exciting time to be on board to be able mm. to be here and do more stuff with the Premier League. But yeah, it's funny. Some people you walk up to and be like, I'm filming four three three. They're like, no, I don't know, but I'll do something. And it's like. Do you know you're about yeah. to appear to like 40 million people like yeah <laughs> the population um, of england yeah, yeah. Li- literally like yeah this is this is a big audience like yeah whatever i don't know them but yeah go on it's like yeah um but other people yeah you'd go and film them and they'd be like no way like oh my god yeah yeah do it do it like you know um and like yeah there was a guy who we filmed his group because they'd been being quite rowdy and stuff for the final 
And we filmed this group being like, yeah, leaning into the camera. And he came over and said, sorry, did you say you were filming for? I was like, four, three, three. And he's like, no. He was like, you aren't. You know, he's like going crazy. And they had like beers with them. And he was like, you need to take this beer. And I was like, I'm working. He's like, you need to take this beer. <laughs> and he was like, I was like trying to be like, I can't. And he was like, I had a rucksack on and it had like the side pockets. And he was just put a beer in each side. And I was like, brilliant. Okay, great. And he's like, oh man, no, least I can do. I'm like, I can't drink this, man. But like, that's fine. Like, what? Um, so no, just having to leave and like just left them somewhere for someone to did someone so win it. a ticket as well did you have wasn't there a time where it was like find yeah. me and you can get a ticket how did that work out yeah so Demi who's one of the founders of 433 like he's ex-professional footballer and stuff and yeah he he basically had tickets to some of the games so 433 where I guess for like Euros when everything was being planned it, I, and I mean it still is kind of tight with Covid but I guess it's it, it's eased a little bit but like you know during the Euros, it was literally they were upping capacity and stuff from one game to the next. It was kind of changing yeah. all the COVID rules. So you, you had to be an official media partner to basically get a media pass for, for the games where like a lot of games you could say, OK, we've got this following. We're going to go and do this or whatever. And, you know, in normal times, that's fine. But for the Euros, obviously, it's in such high demand anyway. Yeah. yeah. And then it was like, you're not an official media partner, so we can't give you anything. So it was from one game to the next, like trying to basically get tickets like beg borrow and steal for tickets but it was crazy they were saying like that um even even the players trying to get tickets for like friends and family they had like mason mount chelsea player messaging 433 saying can you get me tickets is there oh. any way you can get get any spare tickets and 433 are like it's funny because we'd probably ask you the same <laughs> like you yeah. know just to see if we can get one of our hosts in so a couple of games where like because we chatted about excuse yeah, about yeah. coming up at one point um but yeah i was literally I was I was going and doing all the coverage outside and then I'd watch everyone that had managed to get tickets in the ballot walk in and I'd be like, right, I'm off to a pub to capture the atmosphere there. Um, and luckily there's a really good pub um, just up the road in Wembley. So that was fine. Um, but I'd had to speak to the pub because they were so full because there were so many people going there yeah. and doing that. They wanted to soak up the atmosphere but didn't have tickets. So they'd just go to the pub. So I had to speak to the pub because they, they bit max capacity long before... I was done at Wembley and they were basically cool with just, they'd have a list of people that basically a guest list that I'd go up to security and say, Oh yeah, James working with four, three, three. And we'd just shout them out and give them, give them some love. But there'd be people outside like, cause they'd be operating one in one out, but it's a football match. So yeah. people that are there are what staying for yeah, the duration. Yeah. They're not leaving beforehand. So there was just people outside just trying to see if they could get in. And yeah, it was mental. So even the pub was like, yeah, heaving. So were you there for the German game? In Wembley, yes. What? Describe- uh, no, no. So not a Wem- So I was, I was at Wembley, but I'd had to go to the pub for that one. What was the energy like in the street when they won two 0 Was it just? It was insane, unreal. Yeah, I felt it through the TV. It felt yeah. like, yeah. So the games I got to go into were the Denmark and the um, final. Yeah, final with Italy. So those were the two games I got tickets to. So yeah, sorry. The story about Demi. Basically, he had tickets personally, but he was trying to sell them because he. It was obviously it was when. So it's like the biggest home advantage ever because like England, England playing at Wembley and it was at a point where like fans from other countries couldn't, couldn't, get there. couldn't fly in. Yeah. So Demi would have been there and um, yeah, he basically was trying to sell them and then 30 minutes before the game pretty much just text me and it's just like, you haven't got tickets, have you? And I was like, no, this is the Denmark game. And, um, and he's like, I've got two. They're really good tickets. I haven't been able to sell them. And he was saying they were a lot of thousands yeah yeah they were they were quite a lot tens of thousands no not ten no not tens of thousands not tens of thousands but still like but definitely thousands second hand toyota igo price 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay, easy. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, he was just like, okay, you need to download the the app and stuff. And then he was like, what's your email address? And I just went on the app, put in my email address, and it was just like, boom, two tickets. Wow. And it was like, dude, like best best seats in the house. He was like, have a great time. They're genuinely the best seats. But it was like they. Um, yeah, he said, I'll see if you can kind of give them away, give give the other seat away. But we were so close to the game at that point. Mm. It was like my, by the time it went live on 433's account saying like, you know, if, if you can find me, you can get the tickets. I was 15 minutes basically from from needing to enter the stadium because um, they had entry times. I guess for COVID, they don't want everyone going in all at the same time and for crowd management, I guess. But yeah, it was like, yeah, I don't think anyone's going to find me sadly yeah. because at this point like i'm at the stadium and like i'm trying to go through the gates and it's like someone's gonna have to really get lucky who, who had the second ticket then in the end no one. Oh, yeah that was the that was the crazy thing wow. that was the crazy thing yeah so i tried i actually tried calling a friend because i was like oh i was like man i don't think anyone's gonna find me he he's like north london kind of way and even he he was prepared to drop everything at that moment in time to come over and it was like even he couldn't make it. It was like it was wow. that it was that tight. He was just like to make it in to make it to get the ticket from me and get in for the entry time. He was like, "Oh man, there's no way." Were you not tempted just to find a random stranger and say, "I've got a ticket"? Do you want to come? Well, yeah, but dude, like at that point, there's I kid you not, like tens and tens of thousands of oh. people out there, and you have no idea who's got a ticket and yeah. who's not. Yeah, and I need to get into the stadium. Yeah, and so it was a little bit like. If we'd found out earlier on, we yeah. could have definitely done something. Because there were people coming up and being like, oh, four, three, three and stuff. And like, you know, there were some kids that had been like, uh, like finding me each game. I ha- hadn't had tickets, but they were at Wembley every time. And they kept finding me, giving me like ridiculous score predictions. I was like, oh man, it would have been so good. I'd seen them earlier. It would have sucked because obviously only one of them would have been able to make it. And also potentially look a bit weird taking like an 11 year old <laughs> that isn't my son to a game. Yeah. Um, but I just thought, oh man, it would have been so cool for those kids. To gift that, yeah. Yeah, but then it would have been well harsh because it's like, which one do you give it to? But like in my <laughs> mind, I was like, oh, fight. I, I was like, that would have been so cool to have gone, this dude who's like definitely not going to any of the games come into the semifinals. Like, yeah, let's go. What, um, what was it like being there for the um, the final? Mental, mental. So like our tickets for the for the Denmark game, they were really good. They were above kind of like where the where the subs sit it was like we were just behind that so yeah we were we were in like literally middle of the stadium and i was like it's not going to get much better than this found out we had tickets for the finals and um i was like like they're probably going to be anywhere like just eat had hooked them up because they were um sponsoring i think 433 have done stuff with just eat maybe so they managed to like really kindly like gave us hotel gave us gave us seats and stuff um awesome i was like yeah expecting that i'd just be anywhere in the stadium but it's like anywhere in the stadium's fine like i'm in the stadium you know um and then i picked up the tickets in the morning and it said on it like row three and i was like like row three that sounds close that sounds close but i was like row three that could be in a section further up so it's like row three at the back or yeah, whatever yeah and um so i jumped on like i jumped on google and i was just like like a seating plan of wembley stadium and i was like no way dude like it was halfway line row three like it was the middle of the pitch it was like yeah perfect we were the front row so you're like above the tunnel where they come out almost no so the other side so it was oh, the wow. opposite side. Well. it was the opposite side of that so we weren't above anything we were pitch side basically man and i was just like 
like much love to just eat i couldn't believe it man it's so funny it's so funny like yeah they were just warming up and i'm like cool there's there's harry kane like 10 meters away because like, I, I think i sent you pictures yeah, right yeah, and it yeah. was literally it was pitch level man it was pitch level it was unreal um but yeah so yeah went and did that that was cool and then uh got home and literally the morning after pings was <laughs> like done you've got to isolate for 10 days so didn't have, after, didn't, have, didn't have COVID, but I was like, yeah. After the Italy game? Yeah, literally after the Italy game. What was it like in, in Wembley post-game after we'd lost? I, you know, it wasn't... I didn't see anything that was that bad. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, everyone was a bit... Uh, everyone was pretty gutted. I'm kind of glad I didn't see some of the stuff that was like reported in the news, yeah. you know? Um, but yeah, it's a shame. It's a shame, man. I just... It's like... So did you, did you just get out of there and went home? Pretty much, away? pretty much left. Yeah, like for, it was just it, all I saw was basically just fans, obviously a bit like so. downbeaten, like you know. But yeah, I didn't see it. I I personally didn't see any like fights breaking out or anything like that. But yeah, and I, I like we. So there's a there's a station that's literally right by Wembley, and I tried heading down there, and the queues to get in there were mental. And I was just like, uh, like with COVID and everything, I was like, Do you know what, I'm gonna find another tube station. Um, so I actually walked. I walked quite away as well to another station, um, and luckily, yeah, I didn't. I didn't really see anything like you know, just just fans that were. It was like raining as well. It was like, was it pathetic fallacy or whatever? Is that, yeah. is that what it's called? It's like yeah, fans leaving and it's like raining and you're just getting soaked and it was just like we've lost. You can't like, get home. It's busy. Yeah, yeah, literally, literally, I'm having to walk like thirty minutes to another station in Wembley or whatever. Um, but yeah, no, it's a shame, man. The stuff that did get reported but yeah i was kind of yeah i was glad you didn't see it because i remember that that for me was like worse than the actual losing yeah but like yeah i guess without kind of getting too deep into it for me it was kind of it was kind of like it sparked a massive conversation Mm. right around the three guys that missed penalties Mm. like the the abuse that they received i was like do you know what like for as long as they win it's you know they're going to be heroes and it's like it's only when they lose that this stuff comes out. And it's like, actually, if this stuff came out on a massive like stage like that, it had all the attention in the world, right? So, you know, all the media is looking at this and this has come to light that, you know, racism is an issue. And I'm kind of like, do you know what? If that has sparked a massive conversation, has sparked maybe more funding into anti-racism in football and stuff like that, if that is what the result of us losing at the Euro finals is, there's a win there it's almost more important mm. do you know what i mean like obviously we'd love to win a tournament but actually it's like the the you know awareness of racism and like tackling racism like it's more important than any game of football do you know what i mean so at the end of the day if that is if that is the legacy that comes out of this obviously yeah it's so gutted for like you know marcus like sancho and, and saka that received that that abuse and i'm sure like we saw fans as well that were you know concerned about getting home and had issues getting home and everything and it's like man that sucks so much that sucks so much and it's like if if the legacy is that that is addressed like that's more important than yeah winning any game it, of was, football. it was also the, the thing that disappointed me so much was the fact that it's i feel like the euros and the world cup are the only time really you get to be prideful and proud to wave the england flag and not like an edl member you know <laughs> it's the only time you get to actually wave the flag about and be proud to be british yeah and this whole leading up and how professional the players were and beating germany 2-0 at home it was like man i am i am proud to be english mm. and then the final happens and then the retaliation of that and it's just like yeah all that pride just got ripped from under my feet and it's yeah. like i can't i can't be pr- proud to be 
English when this is how people react to it and this is the this is the movement behind the game. That was a sad thing. But then the, re- the repercussions on that and like the mural they put they, they um of Rashford that got um, graffitied on, but they obviously fixed it the next day. And then the, the whole backlash of it was, was awesome to see, like you said. But yeah, it was just a bit like, how can we be on the world stage and be that professional for so long and be that good? And then on the last leg, it just mm. all came crumbling down. Yeah. But, but like you said, it's, it's because something more important needs to happen. Yeah, I think that's it. And I and I think like I say, if the legacy is that you know, this is now addressed and more funding is put into this. I mean, it's like in a way it's the stuff I've done like, you know, mental health work with with calm and stuff, you know, and when I first started out with calm, mental health in action sports, it wasn't really a discussion. Like it it wasn't being discussed that much and there wasn't much content around it. And I started doing stuff and people were like, oh, this is really good. Like this is something that needs to be discussed more. It is something that's discussed all the time now, you know? And it's like, it's through people just doing doing things that are, I guess, kind of fairly high profile. And it's like, okay, yeah, that instance sucked. But like I say, if the legacy is that because it was so high profile, people went, this needs to stop. Like mm. more needs to be done and more is being done. Like that's, that's you know, that's a good legacy to have. Um, Would you, so that hopefully it doesn't happen again. Do you think social media companies should uh, make it so you have to upload an ID to your account to validate I think, it? I think, think that's a good answer I or not? I think it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because it's, it's tough because there's the whole thing around like access to identification and stuff as well because we don't, really have any free forms of id um that are like accepted so it's, it was saying around like just people in the uk that you know don't have a passport don't have a driving license and and stuff you know um yeah i don't know i think i think something something needs to be done because people can't hide behind accounts anymore like you know it just especially it this be able to happen it's it been going on for be so long like they, yeah. they, you have to be happy held accountable somehow yeah for sure and i think it's it's the amount of like hate comments that you see or even just not even like hate comments, but just like when someone posts almost like a trolley kind of comment that is obviously they don't want to go on record with it. And you see it's a burner account. It's 100% a burner. Like doesn't have a profile picture. It's just like gibberish for the Insta handle. Mm-hmm. But it's like a super harsh, brutal comment or whatever on someone's account. They don't want the backlash, yeah. Well, yeah. It's like like, like not not man enough to say it from their own account but they can say it from a burner account and it's like that would remove that yeah that would absolutely remove that overnight if it was like cool you before you can carry on using your account you need to provide your id i don't know if there's another solution i agree aside from that i agree unfortunately and it's like i think that's the only way we can really move forward yeah otherwise people can just get away with it like when like i mean we've all been like 12 or 13 and said something mean on online at some point and it's like you're behind so many layers of protection like, yeah, for like, sure. Like that's where for the term sure. keyboard warrior comes from, you know, because yeah. they act so tough online. But yeah. you can't, no one can get to you. Yeah, that's it. And I think as well, like a lot of people aren't in that position where they're in the limelight and yeah. have just random people commenting on their stuff. Yeah. So don't know how that feels. And especially when it's someone that is faceless, that's almost like, I guess it's like, it's like, or like it, it's, it's so mystery, much worse. Isn't it? It's so much worse because it's yeah. not even like, oh, I know who's written this. It's like, oh man, some just completely anonymous person mm. has just come and just like slated my work. And or hates whatever. me. Yeah. And it's, yeah, I guess that's a tough thing. That's a, like, yeah, it's a tough thing. I think at least, at least if you had an opinion and you voiced, you voiced a brutal opinion, but it's from your account. It's like, okay, well, like I can see you like whatever we can disagree but cool at least you know it's like a it's a it's a it's a person that isn't 
I think people would think twice. People would think twice before what they, you know, would maybe voice their opinion in a slightly different way. If they didn't, like, people are entitled to not like your work, you know? Like, yeah. that's how it is. But it's like, I just think when someone goes, oh, I've got a burner account, I can just absolutely rinse this and just say, just type in stuff that, like, don't even realize what the consequences of those words yeah. are. If it was their own account and they had, there were repercussions, if they wanted to voice their opinion, yeah, fine, whatever. But it's like, they probably think a little bit more about the language they use or, like, mm. the kind of things, like, you know, like the personal things they might say at that point, you know? And I, yeah, I kind of agree. I think they're like, yeah, the pros probably outweigh the cons on that one. Yeah, I, I, I don't think it's going to be something that's going to be taken up by Facebook or Instagram. I think mm-hmm. it's going to be something that there'll be a new social media account that requires it that yeah. then becomes the new one mm. and it just becomes yeah. normal. Because, yeah. I mean, look at the the spread of misinformation currently it just takes one news article that facebook's going to take your passport and yeah. copy your identity and it's like that they've already got enough information on you as is they could they could forge a document of you pretty easily yeah you know yeah scary though Mad. did you um did you experience much uh like anti-vax stuff or anything like that during during covid did you not really man no. like i see it online and yeah i think everyone's entitled to their own opinion mm-hmm. do you know what i mean like i personally went and got vaccinated like but yeah i think it's one of those things where it's like you know yeah have your own opinion like that's yeah. that's that we live in a free society that's that's the whole thing isn't it it's like you know i yeah because you got yours eight weeks apart right or 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 sooner <laughs> you throwing this out there are, are we not allowed to talk about it <laughs> no we can talk about it I t- yeah um yeah so i basically i i i was trying to get my jab less than eight weeks because i needed to travel yeah so yeah they were saying it was well it was really frustrating it didn't feel like i was it felt like a bit naughty but it did also didn't feel like i was cheating the system because like they had been doing less than eight weeks yeah and it was really frustrating because i was phoning without giving you my life story i was like phoning the nhs line and they were saying oh yeah you can have your second jab less than eight weeks like manufacturer says it's 21 days wow um that you three weeks then well you could have it three weeks um and i it was because i was needing to go to estonia basically and yeah at that point we weren't sure if if you weren't double vaccinated like whether you could go or not and um yeah it's funny nhs number and they were saying yeah you you should just be able to go go to a walk-in center and stuff and i was having no luck i'd been to like multiple walk-in centers and they were all saying eight weeks. And I was like, with the NHS, I'm literally phoning the NHS and they're saying, and I was like going back and forth with them. And the NHS were even saying like, go to a walking center. If they don't let you like put, put us on the phone. No. And um, I went to one. And I was like, okay, cool. Can I put them on the phone? And the guy was like, it does, it's not going to make a difference. I'm not letting you have it. Wow. And I was like, my God, man. So ended up finding, <laughs> ended up finding there was this Reddit um, thread called Get Jabbed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I should like talk about this, but it was like, um, yeah, there was basically people posting places that were maybe doing less than eight weeks. Um, and yeah, I don't want to throw anyone in the, under the bus, but yeah, there was a place in Bristol that someone posted and I was like, saw it. Because I'd, I'd, I'd kind of resigned myself to the fact that maybe I wasn't going to get to go to Estonia. Like, you know. It'd be a huge loss for the career, right? Yeah. I mean, not, I mean, yeah, getting back on live TV. Like live TV gigs, you know, obviously I do a lot of radio, but live TV, I don't do a huge amount of. So it's like, the opportunity to go and do two big live TV broadcasts is like, is a big opportunity. And of course, there's stuff that I've missed out on, like live event stuff. So like emceeing skate competitions and stuff, that pay hasn't been there throughout the pandemic. And I'm like, I the manufacturer says I can have this this jab after three weeks, but I might not get to go and earn the money that I 
would be earning in yeah. Estonia, which is a good chunk of money, yeah. because you're saying eight weeks. And it was like, I was trying to plead with them and just be like, look, like I can get notes from the people I'm working for. Yeah. That, you know, I'm not just trying to go on like a lad's holiday. Help like, me. Yeah. Yeah. And and I just couldn't get anywhere. I phoned my GP and they they were saying, nah. Um, so yeah, so I kind of just took it into my own hands and just, just went and did that basically. But yeah, so it was like, managed to... Like I'd seen this seen this Reddit Reddit post saying yeah cool um, and uh, I was like right I was like I'm working at home today I just shut my laptop I was like Rosie I'm off to Bristol I was like I'm going to, gonna go give it a go and like man yeah like felt like such a fraud like walking in like just really quiet like you know like super nervous and um, yeah went in and, and the woman was like yeah cool like check my check my card and I was like oh here we go like you know and she was like yeah cool can see you had the Pfizer jab like perfect and I was like oh my god it's on like this is it nice. and then she went, it did it and I was like literally messaged the simple session guys in Estonia like we're on like I've got I've got my second jab we're good because it was my second jab was going to be a week before I went but we needed 14 days for me to return with that <sighs> yeah yeah so this is it so we were super close but I'd oh. find, when I'd found my GP Again, another reason I kind of didn't feel so bad, which is, oh, if this is literally like three weeks ago, we were giving them to people at like four weeks. Ugh. Really? And I, yeah, and that, that was the thing. I was like, okay, so this hasn't always been eight weeks. I was just like, you know. It's just, was, it's just guidelines, I guess, yeah, in a way, yeah. isn't it? But it was like, if I had no reason, if I had no reason to need it before eight weeks, I would, I would have waited eight weeks, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. So it was like, yeah. So it was, yeah, it was just, it was tough. It was the like, hunt yeah. for the second jab, mate. That's uh I, I put hours into that, man. Like, I put hours and hours. I'd driven to multiple walk-in sites. And I was looking at driving to Stratford at one point because there was a place where people were just saying, yeah, every day I can get this. Like, we're, you know, people just popping up like, yep, got mine at five weeks today and stuff. So I ended up getting mine at like, it was like five and a half, six weeks, I think. Did you have any uh, side effects to either jab? Second one, yeah. What did you have? Second one, I was like, what did I have? I just, I, ju- I think I just felt rubbish. Like, I yeah. didn't feel good. It was kind of kind of coldy, I think. I can't really remember, but I remember I remember like not being that well. And I actually I went and ended up doing a PCR test because I was like, because we were going on holiday with Rosie's family just down to like Dorset. Yeah. And I was like, do you know what? I'm just gonna make sure. And it wasn't COVID, but I was like, it coincided. It was like a day after I'd got the second jab, I'd started to feel pretty rubbish. But a lot of what I had was like kind of covid symptoms so i was like i'm just gonna make sure yeah i went, I went and got got a test and yeah. I, mem- I remember i had my first vaccine and it was two days before the england germany game yeah and i was completely fine and then i don't know if you remember that i went home early mm-hmm. at like three o'clock i went home and just suddenly got the flu felt awful just went from no like way. 100 to zero like on the sofa med- medicated amber was like cooking soup for me really bad mm. And then the England game came on. And I was like watching that, like half asleep, like shivering. And then we obviously got to the end of the game. We won two one, and I felt right as rain. <laughs> Literally, like it's almost, it's almost like the energy from the game had like healed me of what I was going through. And I felt fine. I remember saying to Amber like that they should prescribe that at the doctors, like an England win. And I, I felt so good. And I remember, remember just thinking that's weird that that um, obviously it can't it can't be that and, unless it is a positive mental attitude like like you pitch to me all the time Dan. more but likely yeah i just thought it was so interesting that i literally went from like being so ill to like 90 minutes later feeling good enough to run a marathon that is crazy man yeah england wins england wins that's what yeah, yeah. against germany as well i think that was the the pure magic and yeah. cherry on top of it for sure can i just say as well i bigged up that twirls contain the chocolate and the flake and this has not gone well is it crumbly oh mate look can you see how, how is the orange twirl? I'm I'm loving it. 
We're going to have I'm to get fan. the Dyson in, aren't we? Mm, I think so. Yeah. Got a Dyson? Yeah, of course we have got a Dyson. <laughs> we have got. Yeah. Nice. I'm on a shark. Who? Shark. Shark. Yeah. Mm. I've not heard of a shark before, no. Yeah. It sounds like a budget brand. Mm-mm. Like half the price, super good. Super good? Super good. Have you got a shark? No. Have you got a Dyson as well? Yes. Of course you do. Yeah. You guys are such brand whores. Well, Ben actually used to work at Dyson, so yeah. Really? He got me discount. Yeah. Momentarily. Forever discount he's got. Mm. Yeah. I worked there for a month. I worked in the cool You set. worked there for a month? Yeah. It's and like, you have forever discount? No, yeah. Dan's trolling on that one. <laughs> I worked there for a month in the cool centre, and then we had a Christmas party, like a Dyson-wide Christmas party at this prop. It was like the Ritz in London, but obviously it wasn't the Ritz. Fancy. And I was like 21, and just got out. I didn't know anyone that well. I knew the group that I was training with, but I got fucking shit-faced. <laughs> shit-faced. Like, absolutely, like, I remember just like... How drunk? 10 out of 10? I remember, I remember walking to McDonald's after, after mm-hmm. the night, but I don't remember walking back. What did you eat? I, I don't know. Ah. McDonald's. And I remember getting, in, I remember for, waking up on the hotel bed at like 10 minutes before the coach is going to leave and just projectile vomiting in the bathroom <sighs> everywhere. Got downstairs, didn't have time for breakfast, got on, the, got on the coach to go home. And I was literally chundering into a towel on the coach in front of all my, like, all my colleagues and stuff. I was like, I'm going to throw up. I don't know what to do. My boss just gives me a towel and I just start vomiting into the towel. And uh, No way. Yeah. And I get what back, a beautiful segue. I get back into the office and then we're working. I'm like, I can't do this. I'm going home. And then I go home and I just pretty much give my notice over the phone. I'm like, I don't want to go back there. <laughs> I hated the job. No way. But then that was like the, the cherry on top. Like, I don't want to. It was like a 45 minute Dude, commute. Dude, that's such a good exit. That is such a good accent. What, to leave dog. Dyson? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just like, right, <laughs> got super drunk, threw up on the coach, you never saw me again. Like, that's it. Oh, man, that's so funny. Yeah, it was a, it was a great way that's to leave. That's so funny. Great I've way to leave. I've never had anything that good. I got fired once. Well, I got let go. For what? Um, being a terrible waiter. Yeah. For who? I won't name business names, but there was a pub. What, uh, drum, what drum or food was it? It was like An high, Italian? No. Gastro. No. Yeah, it was gastro. Yeah, we'll go with that. Nice. Um, yeah, it was nice. It was it was nice, nice stuff. It's like you know, there's those jobs, right? That you just think, oh, easy jobs, mm-hmm. easy jobs. Waiter, nah. I'm like, I'm sure there's some people that it just plays into their like, you know, it's their strong suit. But I think it was a good experience for me, like being eighteen, nineteen, and like, yeah, taking a waiting job and just realizing. Oh my god! Like this is I'm not good at this. <laughs> like I just wanted to talk to everyone, man, and I think that was the problem. So you, you were, so you were too talkative. You can't be like that, James. You have to be in and out, serve the no. dish, get gone. You know, I won't go. I won't go into details too much. But yeah, I remember there was an instance where like a customer, there was like a big table, and they were like really nice, but they were going to be spending a lot of money, and the customer. Like there was, there was one woman who said to me, she's like, I'm really sorry. I'm the fussiest eater. She was like, is there any chance you could do me this thing, but slightly differently? And I knew we had the things to do that. So I was like, they're a massive table. They're spending like hundreds of pounds tonight. And I was like, I'm, I'm going to check. Of course. Like yeah, this, fair enough. This doesn't seem that crazy. Like, you know, they're going to spend loads of money. Like, I feel like at least we can do that. Let's and, accommodate yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. That, me asking that question didn't go down well. Um, just asking yeah um and then yeah i won't get into details um but then yeah the next 
shifts, I came in and all the people, all the other people that were working there were silent. <laughs> and I was like, oh. <laughs> I ain't gonna know what's happening. <laughs> and then, yeah, the management, management were like, James, can you come upstairs a minute? And they were like, yeah, can you hand your apron over, please? <laughs> and I was like, cool. I was like, again, I was like two, three months into it. And I'd already like, you know, when you're doing something, you're like, I'm going to see this through for a little bit because I feel like if I leave now, what a waste of everyone's time. Do you know what I mean? And then they were like, yeah, we're, we're going to let you go. It wasn't like a sacking. It wasn't like angry. It's mutual. I think, I think they were just like, we know you're not good at this. Like, what you know the, you're not what, that what, good at this. What did they want to change that was so abrupt and wrong? Uh, um, so it was like, it was, it was something, it was something like we did like a side veg, right? which was a platter of like carrots, peas, stuff like this. And I think it was basically that she she really liked green beans, didn't like carrots, didn't like that. But she wanted a side of veg. But I knew we did green beans with another meal. Like you got, if you ordered the meal, mm-hmm. the plate came with green beans. Yeah. And so I was like, surely we can do that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I was like, surely we can just like do a side veg. Cause she was saying, Oh, charge me for a side veg, but can I have green just beans? Green beans yeah. Just green beans. And I was like, seems like, and that was a problem. Wow. It was a big problem. <laughs> did, this, did the chefs just not like you then or something? I think, yeah. Is that what it I was? think I'd probably already annoyed them just by not being very on it. Like I was just, I don't know, man. Like when I've always been like this, I'm sure you guys are the same. Cause like, there's a reason that you guys have managed to just like the business just constantly grows. Is that, I want to say as well, that's really cool, man. Like that. Thank I've, you. Cause I've seen when we first did the podcast, it was like, you guys were in desk in the co-work um, space. Yeah. The co-work space. Like, and I think you guys had the permanent table. I think you were already full time. Mm-hmm. Maybe you'd recently gone full time when I did that, when I came on for the first time for the podcast. It wasn't long. Yeah. But it's just been wicked. Like seeing you guys grow and like just the drive and like now we're in this. Yeah. Massive space. It's wicked. It's really cool. But like, I know you guys are the same in that if you've got a project that you're passionate about, like you'll put everything into that, right? Mm-hmm. Like you are going to work day and night on that. It is not a case of nine to five it is whatever you need, whatever needs doing, you're going to do it and you're going to go into it head first. And I think that's always been the same for me. If you give me something I'm not as into, like I will try my best, but it's hard to find that yeah. passion. Do you know what I mean? And I think that was kind of, it was just like a hundred percent. Like there were times, you know, I'm not saying that incident, isolated incident was why I got let go. I think it was just like the straw that broke the camel's back. Sure, you know? But I think sure. it's just stuff where like, just stuff that we like needed doing. And I might have just not clocked that it needed, but probably because my brain wasn't 100% engaged because I wasn't 100% into the job. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Where if you're like into it, you're like, right, what do I need to do now? What do I need to do? Like, you know, and I'm like, clean the cutlery. Yeah. <laughs> cool, like whatever. Stand like, still for four hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, I just, I guess probably wasn't using like that much initiative because I just mm-hmm. wasn't that hyped on being there. So. Well, in true nature of uh, our podcast, James, through, yeah. through the window podcast, I believe Dan has a question for you. Go on. Uh, James, yeah. uh, this question is quite a hard one, so okay. please do bear with. Uh, I need to know what's... Tell me a story about something you've seen through a window. It could be a weird story. It could be a great story. It could be a loving story. But I need to know story. a little bit more information about a window that you've looked through. Thank you. The window of life, Dan. No, um, no, no, no. Good God. I don't know. I wanted to come up with something really good. And I haven't I haven't managed to think of anything. I think, though, right, this is, oh, is going to be so lame, but, like, travelling. Yes. Travelling 
Oh, flying to America, okay, plane window when you're flying over Greenland is incredible. Like if you if you're flying and it's the day and you can just see like snow, like it's places where you're you're like I don't know if anyone's ever been to that bit there. Like do you know, I'm flying yeah. over it and I'm looking at it and I'm like, there's no roads. I don't know that anyone's ever like walked there or what. Like I might be wrong, but yeah, it just it just feels like you're just flying over. Just like, is it quite big know. from the air? Yeah. And it's just mental. It's just like you're just flying over, like snow and I guess mountains and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that kind of that part of the world is pretty cool. And then also, um, really cool going out to Malmo. So there's a contest that was kind of my first like skate contest abroad in Malmo in Sweden. And you fly into Copenhagen, and it's wicked. If you live in, I think if you live in Malmo or Copenhagen, you go between the two a lot because they have this sea train. Cool. It probably takes you like 30 minutes and I think it's something like 10 euros or whatever. But it's amazing. The train is really famous. And I think it was like, it was part of some big TV show like in a few years back or whatever. But you go over, go over the sea and it's like, it's not like Euro Tunnel where you're like, you know, you're literally, you're in a tunnel. You literally, you are on a bridge and you can just see either side and it's just sea. And like in the winter when we were going to this contest because they kind of put this contest at the start of the year mm-hmm. so that it didn't clash with any other contest it's like if you want to be there there's nothing else in your calendar because it's like february um and yeah you'd go over and the sea would be frozen wow and you it was just mental it's like polar express vibes isn't it kind of yeah yeah and it's like you've paid 10 euros and it's like yeah. you're just on a public train it was like so clean over there as well man like the trains over there you're just like yeah it's, it's pristine but it's just a wicked view like wicked wicked view i wanted to have something more funny or cool no i like that it's good yeah. but that is that is amazing especially when because i was like 16 and it was like i'd man i've been abroad a bunch i've like, been lucky to have gone abroad loads when i was like a kid but just like first already pretty excited it's like first skate contest abroad and stuff and yeah you go on this train and you're just like whoa like no way like the sea is frozen this is crazy which for them over there is probably like, yeah, dude, the sea freezes every year. <laughs> but it's like it's called ice. Yeah, yeah, yeah deal with it. Um, but yeah, for 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 me, I guess it was like I've never seen that before, and that was really cool. So yeah, I like that. It is pretty funny though. You know, when you do fly, you're on a plane, you're flying over like a mountain range or something. I, I tend to do that. I look down, I'm like, bloody hell, what would happen if this? If I was to just get dropped, <laughs> not the plane was to crash, so don't think about that. But like, yeah. if you were to just get dropped in the middle of this place, like, oh, you do think about that, hundred percent, all the time. I do you think about? It. But I like because I, I like last time we went to last time we went to Cali, I was I was window seat, and obviously it's wicked because you are flying over Greenland for like probably an hour or two. You like you're really over. Wow, I, I'd say I don't really know. I don't really know, but I might be completely wrong. But you're looking down and you're just like, again, you're like, oh my god, and then every now and then. You just see like a road mm-hmm. and it's got like one car on. And you're like, where are you going, man? Like, who are you? What is your life story? That yeah. you Like, I've been flying for ages. All I've seen is snow and mountains. I haven't seen any houses anywhere. And then all of a sudden there's a little road and I can see a car just driving on it. It's like, I'm like, I want to know what's going yeah. on, man. Yeah. Like, what's their life? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. there's a cool thing. Like my dad, he flies, um, he flies small planes um, as like a hobby, not as a job or anything. But he has an app where you can literally, I guess it uses like your GPS and your phone. This is like talking about like the whole Facebook thing, like social media and everything. Mm. It's crazy. Like you can get your phone camera out, zoom in on a plane in the sky and it will find out what that plane is and where it's going. Wow. And he can be like, oh yeah, cool. It's this plane. 
It's like it's flying from Atlanta to London Heathrow or whatever. This is the flight number and stuff. And it's it's crazy. But it'd be wicked if you could just do that, like out the plane window. Like, who is this dude? Like, get my camera and just zoom in. Yeah. Like, this is Terry. Reverse. He lives down the road in Greenland. Like, yeah. It's like, yeah, just mental. Mental. But, yeah. Always thought that was cool. Always yeah, thought that was cool. cool. Um, like but, yeah. Man, like, if you're flying to California, you get some really cool scenery. Because, uh, in fairness, yeah, no. So, you must use, you go over Greenland. I'm trying to think if that was when we flew to New York. But I think it is. You've, when you're going to LA, I think you must do the same. Surely. Surely. Maybe not. Maybe I'm tripping. But I think, anyway, you fly, you get you get snow. And then when you're coming into California, you obviously go over the Nevada desert. So wow. you get snow and then desert. Someone might be listening to this and be like, you're wrong. Um, <laughs> That's that, not how the world works, no. James. But no, because I'm only thinking because we went to New York. Oh man, oh, this is a story, right? This is a story. Um, yeah, going to New York at the. We went as the pandemic blew up. Yeah, it blew up like the day we were going to New York. But every all the advice was you could still go. But yeah, so my my point anyway before we move on was like I don't I can't remember if it's like I saw Greenland going to New York because obviously that's up that end of the country. I'm, but yeah, um, but some amazing scenery anyway. Um, but yeah, man, we went to New York at like the start of the pandemic. And as we got in the car, like Rosie, me and Rosie kind of complimented each other quite well because I'm really chilled. I, I will go with the flow so much. And I like to think I'm organized, but like I generally just fly by seat in my pants a lot. And Rosie is the polar opposite. Like she isn't a warrior, but like she will, you know, she probably looks at things a little bit more logically than I do. And I'm just like, ah, whatever, whatever. And Rosie's like, no, no, like this is an issue. Um, and we got in the car and Adele Roberts, it was literally, I was pulling out of devices to head to Heathrow at like five in the morning or whatever. And Adele Roberts is like, so that's it. Like we've hit a new level. Like Donald Trump has announced a travel ban from Europe. And then we were like, and that was all Adele Roberts said on Radio 1. And we were like, what? We're like, we're literally going to the airport right now. And I was like, do I just, do I turn around? Like, yeah. and it was the worst drive to the airport. Because in the end, we managed to, Rosie started Googling. And it, it almost made it harder for us because it was like, it's a travel ban from Europe, not including the UK. Yeah. And it was like, so we, so we can go, but should we go? And it was all of this. It was like, can you get I mean, back? And it was umming and ahhing. And I managed to speak to my parents. Um, and they, they were abroad at the time as well. And they were like, look, the flights are going. There's no travel ban in place. And I think this was before as well, like, cases were blowing up. Like, I can't remember exactly, but, like, yeah. I think it was It was at a time where it was, like, everyone knew it was bubbling up, but I don't think anyone knew how many cases there were. They weren't doing testing like they do now and stuff. And um, we were like, look, if they're keeping it open, it's got to be safe. We're not going to get any money back because if we don't go, we're just going to lose all the money. And it's like, look... Let's just go and we'll just we'll just try. And luckily, like, luckily for for Rosie, like, there were lots of people on the flight. People like there were. It wasn't like we were the only ones. Ghost and, town, yeah. And everyone, everyone had gone. Nah, see ya. Like everyone was still going. So we went out there, and it was, yeah, it was cool. But things were closing behind us, and like the news every day. I had to just stop Rosie from watching the news, man, because it was just like you just get lost in it. Was like, New York dead? You know, <laughs> you know, I am legend. Yeah. Um, Dude, it was like that. But it got quieter and quieter every day. Was it like a zombie film where, like, central... 100%. Right, so it was getting quieter every day. That is the base 
of the Empire State Building. There's just no people. There's no one. No cars. There's no one. And Rosie was going mental at this point because she was just like, everyone's, everyone's gone. Like, no one was there. Loads of people left New York. Everyone was kind of just, I guess, staying inside. Like a, lot, like, a lot of New York being busy, one of the taxi drivers was saying, a lot of it being busy is people that come in for work. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you can see a couple of people in the distance. That road, you, like literally the base of the Empire State Building, that road is heaving. Like, and I, I was able to just like walk out in the road and just take that picture. And it was crazy. And then, and then Trump announced a travel ban for UK as well. And we were like, okay, well, our flight home should still happen. But like how do flights work? One goes one way, drops people off, picks people up, goes back the other way. Oh, yeah. And so we were like, if there's no flights coming this way, yeah, how are you gonna get is back? our flight going to be going back? So we ended up moving our tickets. Like BA let us move our tickets to the day before. Um, and then we literally, we came back and went straight into lockdown. So we, yeah, but dude, it was tricky. Mad trip. It, it, oh man, it was really, it was crazy. It was crazy. Like everything was closing behind us. We were going and doing stuff and it was, uh, we got engaged whilst we were out there. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that was the other thing. We went down to Brooklyn where I was like going to propose and stuff. And, um, there's this little, um, viewpoint that is, I can't remember what it's called. It's got a name, but you can see Manhattan from it. Um, and like, is it he? It should be heaving. We went down there, like only people there. There were like another couple, and they took pictures of us. And like, it's a viewpoint that like I'm fairly sure you probably have to queue to get pictures. You're gonna have people in your pictures. Yeah, only people there. Dude. That's awesome, wow. though, isn't it? Oh, it's amazing. It was amazing. But I like, was walking over Brooklyn Bridge. It, it, like I was, da- I was cool with it because I was like, we're never gonna see New York, New York like this again. Yeah. So. It sucks, but let's just embrace this. And like, yeah, like I say, like Rosie was a little bit more worried. But like, <laughs> like one of the days we went back to the hotel, and Rosie was just feeling like a little bit overwhelmed by it, and she was like, um, "I'm, I'm just gonna chill for a bit. Just want to like, want to rest or whatever." I was like, "Cool, like." I'm going to get an Uber and go and check out the Ghostbusters fire station, like catching a bit, like just kind of making the most of being there. But like, yeah, it, it got. It and got, Ubers are still running, were they? Ubers are still running. Taxis were still. Thank God. Running. Yeah, taxis are still. Restaurants and bars? Yeah, so again, when we got when we got engaged, because um, it yeah it was our anniversary, it was our ten year anniversary, so we were going for an anniversary meal anyway. Um, so we booked that, but it was like it's really nice restaurant. Usually, you can't get into without booking. And it was us and two other couples. That was it. It was mental. mental. Yeah, it's crazy, crazy experience. So that's crazy. James, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks a lot. It's really funny because I guess because we've done it before, we've kind of talked about career and stuff. Well, this was just hanging out, having a chat. It was nice, wasn't it? It's beautiful. Thanks. What, what do you think of our new podcast room? I really like it. Yeah, it's really good. It's very nice through the window. I like oh. it. Beautiful window behind. Where can people find you, mate? Um, Instagram's probably best. Yes, I wouldn't say TikTok. Yeah, like. <laughs> obviously no do it do you know what let's go let's go tiktok but i'm just like james threlfall on everything i think maybe threlfall james on twitter but i don't use twitter do james, anyone use twitter anymore james the bionicle threlfall yes that's it that's it oh man i should get like a bionicle version of myself as a profile picture right can we we'll arrange that. that um but yeah instagram is the one that's where i'm at that's cool. where thanks man so thanks a lot guys all right much love.